Hello and welcome everybody to the Persuasion School podcast. My name is Jake Savage. I'm here with my wife, Alexa. Hello. <laughs> Hello. And for those of you who are, he- who are here for the first time, you can read a little bit about me in the bio on whatever platform you're listening to. But a quick snapshot, I'm a sales leader and former door-to-door salesman. I knocked on about 100,000 doors over the course of seven years. And then six years ago, I transitioned into a sales startup called Basemakers, where I've been the president for the past few years. And, and my role there essentially has been to build and train a team of elite salespeople and train them how to be more persuasive. So now I do the same thing with this podcast, Persuasion per, Persuasion Persuasion School, where we teach anybody to be more persuasive. So whatever it is that you're going for, the raise, the job, the promotion, the deal, the donation. What else, Alexa? What the are some date. other things? The date. That's a good one. We haven't done one on that. No, we need to, though. I think soon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the premise here on the Persuasion School podcast is just one principle or method at a time. Usually pretty quick. 20 minutes-ish or less, where we break down that one principle, something that's easily digestible, and then, of course, actionable, so that you can put it to use in your everyday, real life, right away. So for today's episode, Lex, I've got something. Oh, by the way, whole idea of having my wife, Alexa, on here, one, it's COVID, so we live together, and it's safe, and we can record, and she's a lot of fun to bounce ideas off of. Thank you. Two, she's not in sales, so she provides a fresh perspective on some of the methods that we go through. By the way, this is not a sales podcast, but it's sales principles for the masses. So she'll provide some perspective there. And then three, she does not know what I'm going to talk about on each episode. So it's all new for her. So, all right, back to what I was saying. Lex, got something crazy for you tonight. What? Hit me. So I'd like to do maybe a mini series on status. Hmm. Between individuals. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. Meaty. I think it's going to be meaty. Meaty? Mm-hmm. Juicy? What do you Juicy. mean? So let me let me kick us off with, uh, well, well, tonight we're going to talk about status in terms of actual posture between two people in an account, in an encounter. So if you're, whether you're trying to persuade somebody via conversation in person, or you can even utilize this over Zoom these days, but that's the type of status that... I want to discuss. So this information comes actually straight from a fantastic book I read years ago. I don't know if you remember this, but back when we were dating, or maybe even before dating, and you were the librarian at Fort Lewis College, I Mm -hmm. asked if you could find a book for me. I found it. Yeah. I found the damn thing. It was hard. It's from like the 1800s. Yeah, a long time ago. Old book on improv acting and improv comedy. It was from like the 60s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely not the 1800s. Well, right. maybe. It's old. To be determined. The book is called Impro by a guy named Keith Johnstone. And the reason that I wanted to read it was because I had heard from a few different uh, very successful salespeople that learning improv acting would be an incredibly useful tool for my sales career. Just being able to navigate conversations on the fly, kind of bounce and riff off of what other people are saying and be able to go with the flow. So had Alexa, the librarian. That's right. I was a librarian, librarian, not the sole librarian. Yeah, you were one of a handful. Yes, very fun job. Is it? Yeah, in college it is. I would not. I, I went on then to be a librarian at a high school, and that was not 
fun. Yeah, it didn't sound that I don't fun. like kids. Right. <laughs> high school and middle school. I think I like the high school kids. The middle school kids were, were a lot. Yeah. If you're in middle school, you're probably more immature. It's fine. No, I can definitely get that for sure. Well, anyways, had Alexa grab this book for me. And I read it. A lot of fantastic takeaways, but the biggest that's always stuck with me was this principle of status. So this teacher of improv acting, and and maybe they do this uh, currently in improv uh, classes around the nation, globe maybe, but this improv teacher believed that no matter what, between two individuals or even between a human and an object, there's always a, a difference in status. And he believed that no two people can be of equal status ever. And this is not necessarily like existential classism status that we're referring to. It's in the moment status. So a lot more minuscule on, on the scale of things here. Just in the moment status. So whether you're passing by a stranger on the street as in which one of you moves out of the way for the other. This indicates which person has a higher status. Maybe it's a conversation between a husband and wife. Maybe depending on what we're talking about, you may have a higher status, which I think is the case a lot. And then sometimes, if I'm lucky, I'll have higher status during the conversation. Wait, wait, wait. So, yeah, I'm confused. Keep going. I have questions. Okay, just it's this belief that at no point can you and I have equal, exactly equal status? Who determines that, though? Well, it's determined by the situation at hand. So I can, I can. well, this is why I want to have a mini-series, because I want to talk about a different aspect of it on, on another episode where we can dive deeper into it. Oh, okay, okay. It's something that I call passing the status ball back and forth, as though it's like a beach ball and we're tossing it back and forth. So you'll have the upper status at times, and then I'll have the upper status at times during the conversation. I mean, think about this in any type of uh, you know persuasive encounter. If you're going to ask your boss for a raise or promotion, your boss is going to have a higher status throughout the entire time, traditionally. So what I would like to teach people how to do is for them to take that beach ball, that status beach ball from their boss and have a higher status at certain points in the conversation. You obviously can't come in and assume that you have higher status than your boss and talk to your boss that way the entire conversation because that's not going to fly. Your boss doesn't want to be spoken to as though he or she is lower status than their employee, right? But if your boss has higher status the entire time, this can skew the dynamic and make it far more difficult for you to obtain that raise or that promotion. How do you get the beach ball? Language? Posture. Well, we're gonna we're gonna yeah so let's talk about posture oh, now right. and then we'll go into language on another episode oh tease yeah so let's think about posture now it's interesting that when a man proposes traditionally <sighs> to somebody else you get down on one knee mm-hmm. right yeah most people i didn't <laughs> side story i still have the higher status yeah But this is a display of temporarily lower status. Wow, humbling. Exactly. So does this make sense now that I use that example or metaphor? Like you get what I'm saying with the posture? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, okay. So if I'm – now in sales, I think about this constantly. 
And no matter where I'm at, whether it was door-to-door sales or car sales or later at the food and beverage sales company, like if I'm if I'm having a one-on-one interaction with the person I'm trying to sell something to, I want to be conscious of my height relative to them. I'm almost 6'1", pretty dang close. And so there are a handful of people that I'm speaking with where I'm the taller one. So what I'll do is if I'm standing, I'll intentionally try to lean against something so that I'm actually shorter and our eye lines meet. Now, this is also important if we're sitting. I want to adjust the height of my chair to match theirs. If I'm lower, then I'm implying that I could be kind of like a doormat and walked all over. If I'm higher, maybe I'm implying that I'm trying to take over the conversation and dominate. And nobody wants to like have to submit to somebody else, right, or feel that way. They don't want to feel like a doormat. Yeah. Right. But if they have all of the power, the opposite of a doormat, maybe they'll almost embrace this power and want to shut you down because they feel higher status. Right. Mm, Yeah. So something that I did with door to door is I would go and knock on the door. And then if they had steps, I would walk back down the steps so that I was lower at first to put them at ease when they open the door. Because if I was taller than them right off the bat at six one, it's going to be off to a rough start. And I would work my way up. Yeah. So one example, real life example in door-to-door sales where I got the sale. It's pretty cool. This is what I wanted to share. And then we can talk about how you can apply it and even use it over Zoom. I'm in a neighborhood one time in a suburb of Chicago. And I I get dropped off at 1 p.m., picked up at 9 p.m. So I've got lots of time to kill. So I'm just walking around, knocking on doors. And I see this lady gardening out front. So I walk up to her and she's bent down and I'm standing up and she kind of glances up to me and asks me what I'm doing there. And I explain and and I can tell that she's breaking eye contact and kind of continuing to return to her plants. And she's not really paying me much attention, but I obviously want to gain her attention and hold the attention so I can try to sell this security system to her. And after a couple minutes of just this sort of back and forth surface level banter i can tell it's not really going anywhere so i i'm holding this binder inside of the binder i know i have a pen so as we're having this conversation i'm standing and she's kneel, knelt down tending to the plants i tilt the binder so that the pen falls out and lands onto the ground and then i go down to pick up the pen but instead of just bending over i sort of squat down and put one knee on the ground and and grab the pen. And instead of standing up right away, I stay there. So now our eye lines are at the same level. We're at the same height. She's bent over tending to her garden. I'm bent down and I don't get up. I just keep one knee on the ground and just kind of continue casually chatting to her like this. And instantly her attention shifts from her garden to me. And our eyes lock in, you know, a good, healthy amount of eye contact from that point on. She was engaged. I ended up spending over an hour and a half at her house, sold her the security system, and it was a fantastic encounter overall, I would say. Wow. But I think a really, uh, uh, but I I would say, I think a really important aspect of that sale was the posture and the status. When I approached her and I was standing tall and she's bent down, it was almost like I had too much status and she felt like a doormat and, and she started to you know in, uh, bring her guard up and close off. So this is just something for us to keep in mind 
when we are having conversations with other individuals. Are you above them? Are you below them? How do you get yourself on the same level? Now, if you're intending to persuade somebody that you know is far taller than you, I would, or much taller than you, I would find a way to intentionally get you both seated. So that way you can be at a more similar uh, height for sure. And then as it pertains to Zoom, oh, yes. think about this. Most of the time our computers are just on the table while we're sitting, but that's angled upwards at us. So if you're going to have a conversation with somebody, a sales conversation via Zoom or you're, you're you know, speaking with your boss or a coworker or whatever, this could be coworker. I keep referring to raises or promotions or selling things. I want to expand this. You know, if you're a nonprofit fundraiser and you're trying to secure donations, this is really important. If you're campaigning and trying to earn votes, this is really important. If you just want to persuade your group of coworkers to buy into your idea, this is really important. When you're looking down at your computer, your coworkers or whoever's on the other end of that Zoom call is going to see it from that exact vantage point. It will look like you're looking down at them. And naturally, people will not appreciate this, whether it's conscious or subconscious. They will notice the difference in status, feeling as though they're being looked down on, and it could hinder your ability to lower their guard and actually get your message across. This is why for that sales training that I led for the Health Aid Kombucha team, I sat over there and made sure that the camera was at eye level oh, yeah. rather than doing it elsewhere. Yeah. Did you sit on my exercise ball? Did I? No, I don't think I did. I think I was oh, in no. the chair. The white chair. Yeah. They talk about this in therapy. Like as a therapist, you never want to be standing above your client or patient just because of that power dynamic. Mm. Great term, power dynamic. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, Alexa is a therapist, as you may have caught on right there. And, and we've noticed so far a lot of crossovers between the world of persuasive communication and being a counselor or therapist. I mean, I think a lot of people think that uh, sales or selling your idea requires a lot of talking, when in reality it requires way more listening, which you're super good at. I've learned from you over Thank the years. You. Yeah. You're good at listening too. I appreciate that. I try to work on it. But circling back here, power dynamic, that's what we're getting to here. That's kind of like the meat of this in terms of this status. Now, again, to be clear, not implying that you need to have the higher status throughout the conversation. That's not going to work. And it's not also not going to work if you have uh, the lower status throughout the entire conversation. What? I just thought of something too. Like yeah. when a kid gets hurt, like you immediately kneel down. Ooh. Like to chat to with help them about them. it? Yeah. yeah. Or to talk to them. This would be interesting for parents. Man, I would love some feedback. We, Alexa and I have a kid, but she's six months old. So she's, we can't quite try this yet. She's almost six months old. She's almost six months old. Yeah. She's about 25 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know how many. We'll have to give it a shot. That's for sure. But yeah. Well, I wonder if that's like based on like the kid is little. So you're like hunching over. But I do think there is some like something happens like when you're eye level with the kid and you're able to look them in the eye yeah there's a connection that you're not going to be able to get if you're standing yeah absolutely i now that you say that i'm thinking of even more examples you know i've been told i don't know where but for people that are in wheelchairs 
you know, like it's it'd be ridiculous to have a conversation, I think, just constantly looking down at them yeah. while they're in a wheelchair. And I remember even having a kid in a wheelchair whose mom or aunt or somebody told me and a group of other people like, hey, my son's about to come in and I think it'd be helpful if you guys just wanted to sit so you're all at the same eye level. Like, I don't know why that hadn't clicked until literally right now, but there's so much behind this idea of status and the power dynamic. I, mean, I just thought of another one. Okay, hit me. When you're in a sporting event, like if you're on playing a soccer game and someone gets hurt, you take a knee. Interesting. What do you think that implies? I think like someone's hurt, so... <laughs> like I, I don't think they want to look up and be looking up at all the people like looking down on them do you okay, think, that's, so do you think that's a maybe, bit of a stretch no no maybe not <laughs> maybe your teammates are your teammates are putting themselves on an even on playing, an even playing field. field that's what this is about people get on an even playing field okay i think there's something behind that one i just didn't articulate it very well well maybe we can do a follow-up mm. next episode i will interview a referee Ooh. and ask them all right of what sport soccer Boom. i'll interview myself <laughs> okay all right so uh, today's episode as a quick recap we're talking about the difference between or difference in status between individuals not uh not class like larger status this is just in the moment status anybody can have higher or lower status at any given point. And we want to be able to influence that in a positive manner so that it feels organic and both both sides in the conversation feel present and respected and heard. And so today's episode was just about posture. Putting yourself literally at their eye line so that you can be on an even playing field. And this can also be an even distribution of power. Next episode, we'll talk more about that beach ball status thing that I referred to in the beginning. Guys, if you're looking for more content on persuasive communication, sales, fundraising, or curveball Ironman stuff, I'm very passionate about that. You can catch me on Instagram. It's at it's Jake Savage. You can also send me a DM there. You can also send me an email directly, jake at jakesavage.co. And lastly, I cannot stress this enough. Do not, under any and all circumstances, tell anybody about this podcast. That's right. All right, guys. That's it for today. Adios. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.